to all things NBA from A to Z. I'm Chris Percyinen here alongside Albert Nguyen and Zach Noble. And man, am I excited to get to talking hoops with these two fellas right here. Welcome to our new podcast. I thought we should get started here just before we get into hoops with a little bit about who we actually are. And we'll keep it quick because you guys would rather just hear hoops talk than people talking about who's going to be talking about hoops and why they're going to be talking about hoops. Listen, I'm Chris Percyinen. I'm a Knicks beat reporter for WFUV Sports. We'll also be a Jets beat reporter for WFUV Sports this coming season. Um, I'm someone who has been around basketball since I started playing when I was four. Uh, I have coached youth a lot, um, both as a high school job and then also recently, you know, in between years of college, more just for the love of it. Um, I've written for Sports Illustrated. I've podcasted about basketball since I was 17 years old. I just turned 21 a couple months ago. I'm just starting my senior year of college at Fordham University in the Bronx, and I'm very excited to be here on All Things NBA, talking basketball, my favorite sport in the world, with these two geniuses. So thanks for tuning in. Zach, let's hear from you, man. Dude, I appreciate that, and happy to have you. Glad this came together, boys, and uh this might be the last time you call me genius, so I'm going to soak that in a little bit. Uh, that's haven't been called that in a while. I'll take it. Uh, but with that said, I mean, long time hoops head. Uh, KG is what got me into it. KG, MJ, and Kobe, really. I had season tickets to the Timberwolves since five years old. Uh, been to over 250 games. Uh, been to a lot of Celtics playoffs games, living out there, what have you. Uh, but basically what got my intro into the sports business game. I was in the agent world for, I don't know, six, seven years, represented guys overseas, basketball, and then um, football was close to making in the NFL, um, then fell short a little bit. So I got into podcasting and I've been podcasting for six years now, third show with podcasting and uh, couldn't be more excited. Um, I'm pumped up to be still partnered with Ball's Life and got a lot in store for this coming show for sure. What's up, y'all? It's Albert Wynn. A lot of you guys know me as AC on Twitter, but born and raised in Texas, uh, Dallas, is, but specifically. So, I mean, my team is the Dallas Mavericks through and through. But I did my schooling out in the Bay Area. Uh, it was the Baron Davis, Al Harrington, Stephen Jackson era back back in the day when it's the Roracle before, you know, I, before I got commercial right now. Um, but I had season tickets there for four years, watched that team, fell in love with that team. They beat the Dallas Mavericks in 07 in the first round. Then I did my, um, then I did my, um, uh, I did more schooling down in SoCal and that was peak Kobe Bryant. So like 07, 08 era, uh, met him a few times. He used to train in our school facility every morning at 5 a.m. So I would go and stalk him all the time, but um, I think the beauty of this podcast, and again, everybody, thank you for jumping on. The beauty of this podcast is you're going to get three different perspectives, three different backgrounds, uh, three different ages. I think it's going to be awesome. I think it's going to be really compelling. We're going to challenge each other. It's not just going to be straight agreement, um, but it's going to be a lot of you know hot takes. But at the same time, um, 
you know, it's how we feel about the league and how we see hoops. So I'm excited for it. Dude, I Absolutely. completely learned something about you. That you had season tickets during We Believe. Was that your yeah. family or what? Yeah, it was, it was right before that. No, man, season Can't tickets. We've never I, talked about that. Season tickets in the Bay in the mid-2000s was dirt cheap. Like, um, it was cheaper to go to a game than going out and having drinks with your friends. So instead Number of doing that, I would, there we go. Yeah, I would go on a BART, <laughs> get to Oracle, and, and watch a game. I mean, those were great nights. Sick, man. Zach, you brought up Garnett as the player for you. I, I have three. I have three and a bonus one. So I played basketball from four years old uh, at an organized level until I was like 15-ish. But it wasn't until I was like 11, and that was in 2013, <laughs> that I really, really fell in love with the NBA, following the NBA, following the storylines, following the superstars, learning the role players. I, you know, my dad used to say neither of my parents like basketball. So my dad was always astounded by my ability to, you know, play 2K and know what every player was good at. Like, he was like, that's so many people. I'm like, dad, that's not anything. Like, that's not impressive. That's just, you just know that if you watch, like, um, he was always a hockey guy growing up from Finland. So on brand <laughs> for sure. Uh, but and then also on brand, my mom's Dominican and her side of the family is all Mets baseball. So that is, you know, really like there was no basketball influence for me besides just wanting to play when I was four because I wanted to do dunks in the big orange ring. Um, and I ended up falling in love with the sport. For me, Lynn Sanity, Jeremy Lynn is that bonus player, right? He, he's who made me realize the power of sports in in terms of narratives in terms of stories feel good stories like he made me realize sports really can be a vehicle for a lot of the emotions that i think life is all about um but in terms of play style man okc kd kyrie irving rookie in cleveland those two seasons kd the season after the finals loss um kyrie his rookie season and then the guy who, you know, made me fall in love with following a team on a game-to-game -game basis just for, for the sake of a couple of players, you know, J.R. Smith, Tyson Chandler, but Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony was was the guy for me growing up. And I think so much of my taste in players today is affected by that. Um, I love Paolo Boncaro. I, I, I love Devin Booker and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Anyone who I feel like, has a masterful level command of the scoring aspect of the game and has high feel. Everything else, that passing stuff gets real easy. Right? Well, we can like, agree. Carmelo was a top five favorite player of mine. I got like five jerseys of his. Like that was, that was my probably favorite college player ever. I'd agree with that. Special, special era. So, you know, I, I want to kind of just get into the pod in a, in a sense here we've got basketball going on we are blessed to have basketball going on and we've got nba players out there putting on some shows frankly in the fiba tournament i, I am having a fantastic time watching dennis schroeder on germany I'm having a fantastic time watching RJ Barrett on Canada. 
Um, he and Shea Gilgis Alexander are kind of figuring things out as like this one two punch of that Canada team, and it's working and it's it's pretty fun. Um, what you know, one of my countries, the Dominican Republic, this guy Carl Anthony Towns has a thing or two to prove to some people out there, and he seems intent on maybe following in the footsteps of a Western Conference All Star from last season and Laurie Markinen using FIBA as that soapbox that stepping point for him to, to to start to make a statement um i think everyone's looking at a different timberwolf right everyone's looking at ann edwards going oh this is a dude this is a guy i think cat is also feeling a little bit of push from that you know and so we're seeing him ball out with the dominican republic uh personally you know i'm super biased the ernan gomez brothers are so much fun to me you know billy ernan gomez was a nick Juancho, everyone knows now as Bo Cruz and loves that storyline. Um, I just think this FIBA tournament is actually a blast. Like I'm having so much fun watching Fournier cook side to side in the mid range for France. I'm happy. Like, what are your guys' takeaways? And, and in less of a vague sense, um, out of the teams that made the second round, who do you guys like? here who, who do we think feels sturdy enough to to kind of make things through i started with zach al i want to go to you first yeah i mean we won't see fournier much longer right like they're they got eliminated which is crazy they were had the second best odds to win it all right now if you look at the the betting board usa obviously has uh is the is the favorite at minus 145 after that uh some very surprising teams canada shay kp kind of mentioned it but shay's been cooking in the mid-range he's just taking his game to the next level he's only 25 years old uh we'll probably go deeper into him but i think he is going to be a superstar and arguably is already a superstar australia is the third best uh best odds there followed by serbia and spain germany slovenia all the way down to uh six best odds luke has been cooking but i mean that's obvious or that was expected as well I think uh, it's cool to see him as a Mavericks guy uh, get in a little better shape. Uh, I think the biggest thing for him is to stay in shape. I think he came into the season last year in pretty good shape, but as the season continued, all those water burgers, all those Taco Bell runs, all those jack-in-the-box runs right there in downtown Dallas, trust me, I get it. It's so easy. The access is right there. Hopefully he gets a... Uh, he just needs a nutritionist and a, and a chef along him all the time. But no, it's been a great, so far, great first round. I think it's really cool to see Team Canada. Um, I've always kind of had an affinity for them, even back during the Steve Nash days. Um, I think it's sad that Jamal Murray is not playing, but it's cool Shea just take his game and be the leader for this team. And I think he's going to end up being like the – the MVP of the tournament, and I think he's going to have all the numbers. It's between him and Luca. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I think uh, Shea needed this more than Jamal Murray, just from a pressure, um, confidence standpoint. And I think it's just going to level him up for when it really matters here. Uh, but yeah, uh, shout out Chris, giving my boy Carl some love right at the beginning. Um, it's been a blessing, honestly. I didn't really know what to expect here and it came out of the woodwork that he wanted to actually play in this and the fact that he's feeling like the man again and just doing this all for his mom and 
Uh, just the purpose and meaning behind the way he's playing. It's given him life back into the game. You can just feel the jubilation. It's been super special to watch as a Timberwolves fan. It's got me re-energized in general for Cat again as a guy who's been really fatigued on the guy and just it's it's been a draining couple of years with him even though he's been underrated and uh uh just what overshadowed by ant i mean that's been the big thing and he's still that dude he still can play on a very high level and be a great number two and i think um i can only hope i guess this gets him to another level confidence wise and um he needs it and mentality and the teammate spirit that this international game brings but uh, the, my biggest surprise, honestly, um, has been Rondé Hollis-Jefferson as a guy that's been around the league. Um, it's just, I know the memes of him and Kobe and the jokes go on the way he looks and this game is looking, but um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy how many times he's been able to mimic him with different shots and uh, just the way he's moving and handling the ball even and in the post and just yeah, there is a lot of similarities there when you're not playing against great players and whatnot, but um, just the way he's scoring, the points he's putting up. I don't care about a couple moves here and there, but like he's dominating and keeping his team alive. That's a, a trash team outside of him. So uh, that's been really exciting to watch and give a shout out to a guy like Carlick Jones, who's put up some big games. Um, he's pretty good international player, but just a guy that won't ever get a shot in the NBA. And that's what's fun about FIBA to me is watching guys that you don't get to watch because I don't watch a ton of international ball except when it comes to stuff like this where they can be competing with the USA team. Uh, but, yeah, um, those are the guys that headlines for me. I would say, I mean, it's still USA and Canada. Um, I think Luca can do enough to win, but I'll be shocked if Canada or the USA lose to Slovenia. That's for sure. Yeah, I can't have spent all the time I spent in this previous NBA playoffs going, everybody, please look at the four teams that made it to the end. Every single one has a top 10 player. Every single one has a top 25 player. Every single one has a great coach. Every single one has a great bench. Every single one has continuity. But look at the two teams that made the finals. They have so much continuity and a great superstar head coach relationship and a dynamic where the two really trust each other. And each team has a top 10 player, a top 25 player, a great bench and great role players that are stars in their roles and a great coach. Like I can't spend all that time talking about how a complete team is what wins these playoff environment games and then go and be like, oh, but Luca's going to put up enough to just like carry I can't, it's too off brand for me. I can't do it. Yeah. Right. And so for me personally, this debate's been big recently. People debating on, on NBA Twitter a lot recently, LaMelo ball or Austin Reeves. I think it says a lot about <laughs> like name brand value, yada, yada. Cause both guys have super high name brand value. You know, people act like Reeves is some underdog still like, no, he, that guy has a signature shoe. Like we got, we got to yep. talk honestly. Right. And I think looking at someone like Reeves and the perspective you kind of look at him from, I think is the point. Like I think team USA built themselves like that very much on purpose. Right. Kessler Reeves Hart these guys who go out there and are stars in their roles and for team USA, you know, 
the 99th, literal 99th percentile athleticism that Anthony Edwards brings to the table makes the translation of his game to FIBA like he's got, I don't know, AI doing it live for him. Like he's just speaking in one language and it's coming out in another. Like he's not, there is no translation. It's just there. The game is just there. Because at the end of the day, who can stay in front of him when he's driving to the basket? Who's stopping him from getting to the rim? And and he seems to be willing to make those kickouts now. And, and we got, you know, a lot of good shot makers, whether it's Brunson or Halliburton, good shooters. We got Ingram struggling in that ancillary role. You know who won't? Not even Cam, playing, man. Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson will play that role that Ingram doesn't want to play, but no problem. And so, you know, I, I just think USA has the pieces to make it all fit and to make it all work. Yeah, another another uh, aspect there, KP, like I think a lot of the other countries are going to have those name brands from the lefty Jordan, uh, or I guess his nickname is lefty Kobe out of Jordan. Um, you know, Canada is always going to have Shea and, and those guys, but the difference is going to be the depth, man. You mentioned it for the U.S. team, all those guys that are just on the on the bench. I think that I think game two, I don't think anybody played more than 20 minutes and I don't think anybody played less than eight minutes, something like that. You could correct me if I'm wrong. You could double check the box score, but that is crazy depth, crazy. Just uh, we didn't even mention Mikel Bridges, who could be like the premier uh, perimeter defender in the world right now. Right. So, I mean, if you have one, two, if you have three of those guys going on at once on the offensive side, they're pretty much unbeatable. I think it's going to come down, in, in my opinion, to rebounding. So guys like Jaron Jackson, Paolo, and Kessler, those guys, they just have to dominate the defensive glass. I think they will. And if they do that, I think minus 145 is a discount, to be honest. I think that is great value. If you guys are into betting, minus 145 for them to win a tournament is is really good value. I think Well, it's say- crazy. You talk about rebounding and um, the guards are the ones leading the way. Yeah. I mean, Ant's yeah. averaging four and a half and Jalen Brunson, Austin Reeves are the top rebounders on the team. Uh, I just think it's because playing time, but um, it's an interesting thing to talk about because where are they, where are they going to change? You know, I mean, I don't see the rotation change. I've been right about everything rotation wise um, from the beginning. The one thing that, I mean, that stood out to me the way the results have happened is like the scoring the way it's been dispersed across the board you know and uh just like assists austin reeves is leading the team in assists with six a game and ants right behind him it's um like when the exhibition games i mean hal burton was dominating like 10 plus assists and then ant had multiple um 20 30 point games so it's pretty crazy how balanced it's been all around you know I agree with Al here. I think USA is a great bet. Um, minus 165 is probably what I'd set the line at. Like if I were a book, just trying to get people who are really confident to bite on it. Um, I just can't, I can't see USA not running away with it. And that's dramatic. I know. <laughs> um, I know that's a little uh, definitive, right? But you watch Canada and I've watched a lot of Canada this tournament they're really the only team that to me, I think stands a legit, legit, like Germany is good. Germany's not hang with USA for four quarters. Good. Yeah. And Canada's really, they, they stand a chance, but not really. And Olenek has been fantastic for them. And he's opened up so much and Barrett has had some great games, but not recently. And 
Gilgis Alexander, frankly, as someone that said for years and years and years, he's going to be a perennial top 10 guy in the league. He has not looked like that kind of guy in this tournament. I think there needs to be some more sharing and caring. Um, I think I think there needs to be a little bit more distribution of the rock from Shea. Uh, you see someone like Schroeder for Germany is just taking what he gets. All right, I got to drive to the rim. We're going to drive to the rim. We're going to do a good job of that. We're going to use our body control and we're going to get we're going to get the layup to go. Oh, well, I drive and I, a teammate's open. All right, well, let's just kick that. You know, Shea, Shea isn't thinking about it so binarily. Um, he kind of like is like, oh, I, I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a bucket this time, so that then they have to respect the pull up and the pick up. Like, just go through the motions, just play. Uh, I think you know, funnily enough, Barrett is ha- doing a better job of that in these games, just letting the game come to him. The other game, he was playing terribly, right? I think he went one for ten from the floor. And yet he had six assists by the end of it because RJ was getting to the rim and drawing two and kicking out to the right guy. <laughs> and whether the shot's going in or not, you know, Tom Thibodeau has really etched into Barrett that process, process, process is everything. Um, and making things easy for yourself is everything. Not getting in your own way is everything. And at the end of the day, I trust a team that has Jalen Brunson, who's very cut and dry, very black and white, very, we're going to get a bucket or we're going to kick out. Um, you got Halliburton, great connector. Reeves doing his thing with shooting and playmaking, the defense too. And then yeah, you have guys like Edwards and Kessler who just fill their roles so perfectly. Walker, really great at filling his role, and Edwards really great at filling his very high value role. Um, I think the fit is too good, and I just think that minus one forty five is is. I don't know. It feels like a matinee odds for the Knicks at home against like the Washington Wizards last season. Like, yeah, you kind of just take that and w- bet on the talent to work out. Yeah, we're talking about guys who made the leap during international play into a great NBA season. You know, Larry Markinen last year is kind of like the the perfect example of what can be done. Devin Booker a few years back did the same thing. Kevin Durant, when he first jumped into international basketball, did the same thing. Um, I think a lot of people are expecting guys like Ant Edwards and uh, Shea, but I think those guys are like borderline all-stars, superstars already, right? Like Shea's a first-team All-NBA. Anthony Edwards arguably was the best player in that first round in the playoffs before they lost. Um, He was not only scoring, but like an elite defender as well. Uh, To me, I think the biggest potential for someone to develop um, and maybe get into that all-star consideration. KP might be happy to hear this, but it's RJ, man. Because I think RJ is like such a, to me, is a pretty limited player that can be so much better if he just opens up like his creativity, not only with the ball, but off the ball. And hopefully being one of the leaders on a team for a country like this, for Canada basketball, I think hopefully it should help him grow and help him develop some excited it should be pretty fun for a knicks fan right now man because you see brunson you see hart you see rj you see these guys that are playing in international basketball which is a rare thing josh hart's man i think we're past the time of an rj leap but we'll save that for another day (laughs) hey man um it's it's a fair thing to bring up you talk about tom thibodeau saying all season last year he wants him to cut some of those threes out of the shot diet 
and just stick to getting easy twos for himself. He's so strong. I think personally, I talk all the time about how people really undervalue strength as a form of NBA advantage creation. Like, yes, handle is super important. Yes, reading the floor is super important. But if you're really strong, like Jalen Brunson isn't just nimble, right? He's built like a tank and he's nimble. That's the whole thing, right? Julius Randle is 6'9", 255. And he can dribble, but he's he's nimble and he can move. He can slide those puppies. There's a clip of him uh, guarding Kyrie out on the perimeter, and he stays with him step for step. And Kyrie hits a really tough shot over him because that's what Irving does, right? But Randall sticks out to me like that a lot because when he is able to move, he's not hurt like he was in the playoffs. When he can move, he can move, right? So, um, you know, with Barrett, I think he can really take that strength and use it to his advantage. Speaking of strength, too, someone I, I was going to give some shine to was Josh Hart, who who you guys brought up. I mean, Steve Kerr was like, what position does he play? He plays winner. Like, he's just good. You know, <laughs> Josh Hart is a coach's dream. He doesn't want the ball. He doesn't want shot attempts. He wants to go out. He wants to get you the basketball. He wants to blow up offensive plays for the other team. He wants to make plays. He, you know, I, I, I asked him one time, um, if it if it feels like he's playing a different sport out there because he had this stretch uh, last season where he, he punches the ball out of someone's hands when they're posting him up. No, oh, I love that. Like the next defensive play sees a pass going and dives and catches it with one hand like an interception. I'm like, dude, you're playing, you're actively playing football out there. Like, yeah. does, does that ever feel like that? And of course, Jalen Brunson looks at him, he goes, in hey, a different sport. You're playing the wrong sport, dude. Um, but uh, <laughs> those two are a lot of fun. But, you know, for me, I think that um, Hart, Hart is doing his thing out there. Kerr said, you know, forget 50-50 balls. He gets the 30-70 balls and he gets them, yeah. you know, and, and that's, I'll quote Josh Hart himself. He told Mitchell Robinson, he said, you get offensive rebounds, you get putbacks, you get second chance points. I get rebounds that break teams. My rebounds break teams. And that type of like psychotic view on rebounds, right? Yeah, that's a far that's cry true. from, from Tori and Prince, right? Like, I think that, I think that, uh, when you're that crazy about it, not only do you belong on Team USA, you belong on a Tom Thibodeau team, and you belong one day in, in the conversation of guys where it's like, that guy just loved winning. <laughs> that guy just loved doing what it takes. USA having that, you know, jetpack up their ass and in the form of Josh Hart, I think, is really, really everything for them. Mentality-wise, Brunson, hold them steady. I, I love USA. No, the only thing I'll note, I mean, on guys, I expect to take a jump. Um, RJ, I'll, I'll, I want to bring that up another time. But um, I do expect, like I said, Shea um, with um, just confidence-wise. So him and Carl Anthony Towns, like, yeah, they might not be able to get a ton better, like production-wise, but just in certain moments and being leaders for their team, I think that's where we're going to see confidence, where as Ant just – playing within a system like I expect him to level up because of this um, guys like Jalen Brunson I don't expect to do much or Brandon Ingram because they've taken a decline in their role um, Halliburton Reeves um, Mikel Bridges those guys I definitely expect to level up Paulo um, just because they're playing with such superior talents um, and dominating and looking really good within those roles so 
Um, that's what excites me about guys leveling up and um, having like the Donovan Mitchell approach. But um, it's going to be interesting who out of this group actually comes back for the Olympics next year. Um, do we got time to talk about that or should we save that for another day? We'll save it for another day. We're going to wrap up our first episode here. I want to give you each an opportunity to say goodbye to the people, tell them where they can follow you. And I'll do the same after you both. Al, let's start with you. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, first episode, I thought it was great, um, but you can find me on all socials at analytics capper. That's one word. Full name is Albert Wynn, but yeah, check me out on Twitter, IG, TikTok. I'm trying to do the TikTok thing. Um, but no, it's been great guys. Thank you so much. And, uh, I'll kick it over to you, Zach. Yeah. Everybody get Al's picks, subscribe to that boy and his picks. If you want to make some money, um, he's always throwing out free plays too. Uh, but TikTok, man, good for you. I, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Maybe by the end of a couple of episodes here, but just Twitter, Z-A-K-N-O-B-L-E, um, all things ball is life. You'll be seeing our show all over that. Um, we're going to be the primary show there yet. Um, hopefully get some playback um, going here sooner than later. Um, so we'll do some live shows with questions as well for everybody, but um, also involved in LinkedIn, trying to uh, be more in a voice there and get the show promoted on there where um, it's an untapped area. So I'll, I'll do the LinkedIn side of our show. Absolutely. Uh, I just got to say that you should look at my name and co maybe copy paste it from the description of this video into your browser because I won't try to spell it for you guys. But you can go follow me at Chris Percy Island on Twitter, Instagram, you name it. Thanks so much for listening. We had a great time talking hoops. Hope you guys felt like you were here alongside us by the campfire. Just get in the chat. Get ready. Stay tuned for more episodes like this and even more fun times talking basketball. For Zach, for Al, I'm KP signing off.